Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. This episode is powered by Poddex. Boys and fangirls, welcome to our edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Podcast Course. Joining me is my co-host Biko. Hello. Hey guys, uh hope um you had a kick-ass Mother's Day with your moms. Um we did spend time with our mom this past weekend. And we decided, you know what? We decided to check out this show on Amazon. I don't know, I decided to pretty much randomly put it up. Um and we actually watched it all the way through. Um, it's eight episodes. Um, it's based on a work by Robert Kirkman, and it's called Invincible. It's like because I I've seen so many like like stuff that people share like on social media, like on Facebook and stuff about it. But that one scene, like people kept playing it over and over again, and it's like now it's like it got my attention. And like I said, I was like just a random, you know, thought like, hey, let's just check it out. And wow. <laughs> I never seen a superhero show that intense before. It's like you see, like you know, X Men in the past, like the X Men series we grew up in the nineties with that one, or the Bruce Tim Batman animated series, you know, Superman animated series, and you didn't see. I mean, you probably saw very little blood, but for a show with like in a superhero setting that was like. Yeah, this pie wouldn't fly on regular television. I don't think even cable that much. Who knows? Maybe cable's been like a little, little bit like you know living up when it comes to censorship a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just honestly the most like glorious show <laughs> based on a superhero property I've ever seen. I don't know, it was like a change of pace, and like I said, it's based on the comic series. Um, it's on Image Comics by Robert Kirkman. It premiered like the the show it premiered Invincible premiered on March twenty fifth, twenty twenty one on Amazon. And like I said, what Amazon would did instead they decided to release it like weekly instead, you know, all Every, at once. All at once, yeah. So they are finally like, the some of like mostly like mostly not like Netflix is doing, but like like Hulu or you know Disney Plus are just doing like the weekly releases. And honestly, basically the whole premise is Mark Grayson's a normal teenager. 
Except for that his father Nolan is the most powerful superhero on the planet. So after his 17th birthday, Mark begins to develop powers of his own and turns his father's toolage. So we thought, okay, so this is like Robert Kirkman, you could tell, you know, he's not famous just for The Walking Dead. It's good to see him, like, showing his other properties and working with other companies, not being tied down just to AMC with The Walking Dead. Because everyone keeps saying Robert Kirkman, oh, Walking Dead. But people keep forgetting, he has other works. He's done other things. Um, and this is, like, I tell this is like his love for like, you know, superheroes. Mm-hmm. And it's like something he decided to do. But with this one, it's like, it's almost like, almost like Superman-esque type of thing, but, but it's more of a darker, more adult twist, basically. And, and the cast they had for this show, it's like, it's a really good cast. Um, Mark Grayson is played by Steven Yoon, who you know, plays Glenn on Walking Dead. Um, you have Sandra Oh. From, you know, Grey's Anatomy, plays his mom. And then, of course, uh, Mullen Grayson, Omni Man, is played voiced by J.K. Simmons. And, of course, everyone knows who J.K. Simmons is. I mean, he's done so much voice work. Um, of course, he was Korra's mentor in Legend of, Legend of Korra. He was Aang's son. Um, of course, J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man films. And, of course, in, even in Ultimate Spider-Man, he was J. Jonah Jameson. In, um, and, of course, people don't realize he was a yellow M&M. On the Eminem commercials, along with Billy West. Um, and it's good seeing him. And then you got, you know, supporting cast, you know, Seth E. Wilkins played by Julian Jacobs, William Clackwell played by Andrew Reynolds, um, Walton Goggins played Cecil, Chris Dalatopoulos, they both play like the two um, GDA agents. Um, and of course, they got their own Justice League called Guardians of the, of the Globe. That's like their version of the Justice League, basically. Um, you got. You got uh, Rudolph Rudy Connors, voiced by Mark Ross Arquad and Zachary Quinto. Um, Rex Sloan. I'm just going to go by the cast list just to get all the names out there. Rex Sloan, Rex Blow by Jason um, Mazzakis, who you probably know from being a supporting character of so many voices, but also on shows like Parks and Rec, The League. I think it's one of the first time I've seen the actor was The League. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Keisha Duplicate, voiced by Melissa Chow. Um, Shrieking Ray, voiced by Greg Griffin. Amanda, slash Monster Girl, voiced by Greg Griffin. And Kevin Michael Richardson, respectfully, because Monster Girl. Um, Marcus Grimshaw, Black Sands, placed by Kari Payton, who you know is Cyborg from T-Titans. Um, Aqualad in Young Justice. And, uh, of course, Ezekiel in Walking Dead. And, of course, the voice of Wasabi in Big Hero 6, the series. Um, they had Amber Bennett, voiced by Zazzy Beats, who you know is Domino from Deadpool. And also on the show Atlanta. Um, then you got the Mulder Twins, voiced by the great Kevin Michael Richardson, who's done so many voice work. Great voice. Um, he's in Shredder and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2012 series. Um, he's on Family Guy. He's part of the Simpsons cast now. For a couple of years now, he's got he's, uh, he's the Simpsons. He does have Dr. Herbert now. That's kind of cool. He took over that role from Harry Shearer. Um, of course, Damien Darkblood is voiced by... Clancy Brown, then you got Art Rosemont, voice from Mark Hamill. Um, and they like guest people, like guest voices, I guess, from different actors. And most of them did play on Walking Dead, basically. Um, and then some are well known voice actors as well. Um, Kill Cannon, voice by Fred Tassasori, um, Steve by John Hamm, Matt by Max Bullcoulter, and of course, the original Guardians of the Globe, The Immortal, voice by Ross Marquand. Um, Holly, War Woman, voiced by Lauren Cohen. Elena, who is a uh, Green Ghost, voiced by Sonika Martin-Green. Martin Man, voiced, Martian Man, voiced by Chad Go- Coleman. Yusuf, Red Rush, voiced by Michael Cutlets. Like I said, it's a bunch of, you know, people that were on Walking Dead are on the voice cast. Um, Darkwing, voiced by Lenny James. Aquarius, voiced by Ross Marquand. Kyle, voiced by Mae Whitman. Principal, Principal Winslow, voiced by Reginald Val Johnson. Uh, Alan the Alien, voiced by Seth Rogen. Uh, Doc Seisman voice by Christelle Dopoulos. Um, Biplane by Mar- Ross Marquette. He doesn't have a lot of voices. Okay. Uh, Todd Titan voice by Marshall Shala Ali. Uh, Martian Emperor voice by Demonja Honsu. Vanessa voice by Nicole Breyer. Gina voice by Jeffrey Donovan. Thought Battle Beast voice by Michael Dorn. D.A. Sinclair voice by Urza Miller. Uh, Justin Wood did uh, Doug Cheston. And, like I said, Great voice cast for production of this, especially like doing something like Amazon, like you know, they're putting a lot of money into these productions and stuff. 
And even though I was reading about it, the way the, the content of it, I don't know. How would you describe the content, Biko, of this show? It's, um... It has similar animation styles to, like, what The Tick was. A little darker and less, but similar style and color. But, uh... It definitely... It wants to be somewhat more graphic, but also still have a strong story and... and it's it's non-stop action for the most part like it, it does a good job of balancing both uh i guess you could say following the mark grayson character as being i guess conflicted in whether he should help his father or not and, and as you see the show progress it 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 builds up that conflict and then it, it, it shows him also being like a young adult trying to find his own identity but also like yeah, because it's like challenge this this power he has, mm-hmm. um, and I think what I liked about that Kirkman does well with this is that he doesn't just present something that's pretty standard because a lot of it is pretty. The like the the plot itself isn't too unique. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things we've seen in a lot of other shows kind of blended in together, which is nice. I think it does a good job because he takes like pretty strong story. Uh, arcs and kind of meshed into uh, in the, into the I guess you could say the the various but very few characters he has to work with. So he he ties that in with having some like you know challenging like graphic action comics and what we've seen on the screen as opposed to what we've seen what we can get only re- by reading these books. Um, it's nice that he's using Amazon to challenge that and. Um, I think it's it, it's it's about time. Uh, if like I'm if people can only see it in anime, I think it's nice that we're seeing it on American tele on like a, a regular. Anime. Yeah, because it's like to me, it's like yeah, because um, if you think about it, in in anime in that aspect, this is kind of like an American version of anime. If you think about it, it's like a, almost a tribute to anime as well, because when anime, you know, it was always geared to the young adult market. Because that's what it was. It was like a lot of dull theming and stuff. And like I said, even though now in Japan now they're starting to get into censorship a little bit too in Japan. It's not like, you know, they're like laughing fly now. So that's like, you know, in Japan, like back then, you know, when it comes to censorship, they were kind of lenient about it. But now it's like more works are being adapted and sometimes some works, you know... Um, this is kind of a perfect example, like compared to we do of Healer, which I did finish seeing, watch the anime... But it's funny, it's like, the manga itself is like, it's a revenge manga, but it's very heavily adult themes. And the problem is, it's kind of hard for a publisher to bring it over here in English. It's because it's, you know, I would say it's not gore, but it, it focuses more on getting revenge, but a little bit of more beyond etchy, kind of. And that's what happened with, you know, for broadcasting-wise in Japan, they had released two versions, a late-night version, and of course the censor version. Of course, when they brought it here to U.S., we got the censored version, which kind of like, it kind of hurt High Dive because it's, sometimes Filmworks license it, but kind of hurt them in the aspect because people, instead of going to Sentai Filmworks, going to High Dive, because I have High Dive, people, because the way people who, you know, can read Japanese or read the, either the fine translation of the manga itself, had to go to third party sites just to watch the content that you gets blurred out or gets cut. Because it is kind of gruesome. I did watch the uncensored version, and yeah, there's a lot of heavy adult thing. That yeah, it shows there are sexual themes in it. There are there's the accident, but it doesn't show like the actual like you know organs, you know productive organs like hitting each like you no know, actually to put where it's it's at that border between etchy and hentai. It's in the border. But yeah, the actors are screaming and stuff, but it's like, it's like in between, but at the same time, it is kind of gruesome a little bit. Um, it's, it does like, it shows, you know, that the main character rapes, you know, he gets revenge because what happens is the whole premise of that show is like, um, it's like, you know, what we do with Healer, it's like, this is a guy who was one of the chosen heroes, but he got abused, sexually assaulted, abused because he had this healing power that he was used and stuff. And that apparently he had the ability to go back in time. It's still retaining his memories of the previous life and start over again. But this time, luckily, he had the memories and now he knew right away and he got this special power where it's not only healing, but he can copy other person's abilities. And, of course, he had to succumb himself again, getting raped and, you know, 
but not just women, but men as well, but in an event to build up his strength and get all the powers from the people. Because all I had to do was he'd get his blood fluid so they can heal themselves. And it hurts him when he heals people. And then he decided all the anger, all that stuff, he got pent up. He said, I get a revenge on the people who used him. And there's a scene where he pretty much assault, sexually assaults the princess. And of course, in the manga, because he gives her two choices, either I rape you or I use this hot iron rod that's used for fireplaces to poke you with it. To sexually you with it. And of course, she goes with the latter. But apparently in the manga, not only he rapes her, but he also, like, you know, uses the, the rod to, to sexually assault her with that. So there are some changes from the manga itself, but, I mean, I watched it for a fact that why, because, like I said, a lot of people were hating on Sentai Forwards for getting a censor, but it wasn't their fault, it was what Japan gave them, because Japan had a choice. So that's what's going on in Japan, is they have two versions. They have the version of the show on primetime, and the version of the show late at night. So it's like, they're starting to have their own standards for practices as well. Because not just us, then like we have like groups that are against their censorship on television. Japan has the same thing too. They have to follow all the higher standards as well. And like I said, and like I said, I don't condone rape or anything like that. Like I said, it's based on a manga. Of course, the writer wrote it, but it kind of sucks now because his work won't be translated here in the U.S. You either have to find out in your theory through Reddit or something, or someone has a book scan do a fan translation of it because of the content. But I don't know how they got slides to make an anime. But like I said, it. It depends on the popularity of people, you know? And that's all how, how, how mangas get popularized in Japan is based on how many votes it gets. And the popularity rises to a point they make an anime of it. And I thought the show was good, but it's like, if I read the manga, I probably would enjoy it. Probably see why it's got so much controversy of it. But I just watch it, you know, with, object, like, you know, with an open mind to see why. And don't get me wrong, the music is good, like the animation is good, but yeah, it's like... It's on the border between Echi and Hentai, and I mean, it's not like, and this is funny, because we compared our demons to um, Goblin Slayer, and Goblin Slayer, I read the manga. Like, I'm reading the manga Goblin Slayer, and yeah, it is a little gory, and that's why you got people to understand, certain mangas are, are aimed to a demographic, like Invincible. It's aimed to a young adult market, because how Walking Dead is, how the comics are on Walking Dead as well. They're adult, a little gory as well, and that's what this comment, what this show is. You know, it's it, it's like a superior show, but like you said, because about Barbara Kerman, how I kind of like for the fact that you know the overall based on these eight episodes, it's a lot of character development with Mark because he's conflicted. Like you said, he's conflicted because like I said, it starts off you know, you no, know, no, his dad is Omni Man, who's like a respected hero and stuff, kind of like the Superman, pretty much. Without, you know, the laser vision and stuff. So he only has, like, flight and strength. And, um, you know, it looks like he sees him, like, pretty much saving people and stuff. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, um, you know, he ends up, like, even in the first episode, kind of sets that tone of how the story's going to go. Because, of course, Mark, you know, finds out he's half alien. He starts, his powers start developing as he gets older. And sometimes he's in high school, so he's got he's in that awkward phase, you know. And you know he feels doing the right thing, help people out when they need help, you know. And then his dad, and seeing how he's also inspires that because that is a superhero and stuff. And then of course you know, to a point he tells his dad, "Hey, I want to do what you do," you know. And then his dad takes a shine to him and says, "Hey, let me take to my guy who makes suits and stuff." And all of a sudden, get, and then of course, spoiler time. Like I said, this show's been out for a while, guys, so spoilers. Um, he ends up, so pretty much Nolan ends up flying to the Guardians of the Gold's headquarters and proceeds to pretty much kill him. <laughs> and at first, the episode's like, what the heck? And it kind of hit my mind with social, I'm going on social media. Everyone starts sharing that scene where he's killing all the heroes, and it was like the most gruesome, violent way for these heroes to go. And it was like, and I can tell the heroes are all based off of DC characters. They're all based on certain characters. And it's like Robert Kirkman's homage to like, you know, Wonder Woman, um, Aquaman, Batman, um, well, the Immortal was kind of like, almost like Superman almost. Ask um, the Green Woman was kind of almost like Martian Manhunter. But it was kind of cool. Because like I said, it's like his homage to them. And he ends up going and kills him in the most gruesome, better way. And that was just the first episode, and he ends up killing him. 
It's like the most gruesome way, like cracking their heads, like punching through them and stuff. It's, it, it was insane. With that scene, it was like the most goriest scene I ever seen. And this is an animated too. I'm like, did Amazon really do it? And apparently, Robert said that Amazon gave him free reign. Presented the way how he wants to present it. And that was and he said he appreciated them just letting him do what he's doing. I mean, come on, he was the boys, you know? <laughs> That's even more like, and I can see why they made this more animated. It kind of makes sense as animated versus I, I, I could imagine if they did this live action, it put it much worse. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been different. It would look different, um, I think, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's good on Amazon to pick up this, this property. I think it's it's smart on them to give this one a shot and then not let this fall on the wayside. I, I, like, I mean, it's, there's not a lot of animation. I think animation still has a lot of ways to go as far as where I can find a... I want to say a solid home on these streaming platforms. I mean, we got like Castlevania on um, Netflix. I mean, Netflix has like been putting a lot of money into animated programs as well, and of course, in anime as well. And like Castlevania, they, they're, they're like the four seasons coming out soon. And that's like the last season, and but they also are going to work on another property as well. So we'll see how that goes. And I mean, they have that. I mean, I forgot there's another one called The Seven Zeus or something. Is one that's called. That's also, that's also, or was it Blood of Zeus? I don't remember. Some of Zeus or Blood of Zeus. But yeah, it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, this is like something, like I said, this is something that, it was a shock to me that, this is something that could have been just like a directed video, like Blu-ray released. And to me, having a streaming service, I guess with streaming services, is like different types of standards that have to follow. And like I said, the bloodiest scene ever in that first episode. And, and like I said, I kind of like for the fact that Rob Kirkman, he does these story arcs, but at the same time, it's like a lot of character development with each of the characters, because like I said, it's like Mark, you know, and I like the whole theme, the whole theme goes on through all the episodes, it's like, it asks you a question, why? And it doesn't get revealed, it's almost like the end of last, it's like in the last episode, why he just, he did what he did. So it gets you like, yourself thinking like, why, you know, why, why did he do what he did? And it's like, at the same time, Mark's trying to you know, his powers and stuff, and then, of course, you know, there's times where, you know, they get, they, and what I like about this show is, like, heroes are not always powerful, they can get hurt as much as everybody, that's why I do like about this fact with Bob Kirkman, like, the way the show was, is, like, even they, they get here, they get beat up to the brink of, they almost died and stuff, too, so it's like, because it was like, I forgot what episode was it, where, you know, they go into this one building and this freaking lioness, lion guy ends up like kicking all their asses and stuff. And like Mark's almost on the brink of death and stuff. And it's like, holy shit. And then you see these other characters like, you know, yeah, Adam Eve who he finds out that she, she goes to the same high school as him. He just never noticed. And then you have this robot played by Zachary Quince of the voice and stuff. And then, um... They're trying to make a new Guardians of the Globe, and they have been this tryouts and stuff. It's cool seeing like the other characters and what their powers and stuff are. And you can tell, like I said, it's all inspired by Marvel DC. And you know, and of course, it's, those freaking Martians kept those freaking aliens. The time aliens kept coming back again, and, like every time to get revenge. It's like, and they, they take out the braces and get. It's because they're not part of the same time stream, and then and then all of a sudden they come back again. It's like that case later. It's like, holy shit, but. Like I said, there's so many episodes, like eight episodes, but like I said, and like I said, and then of course, Joe Mark, you know, balancing between, you know, being a superhero, but at the same time, trying to have a relationship outside of gig, you know, his guy's, um, his gay best friend, you know, from school and stuff, and then he's got this girl, Amber, that he somehow has feelings for, and trying to balance with that as well, and trying to have a normal team life, but at the same time, he still has, he has that need to try to help people. And it's, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth. And of course, on this day, and what I do like about this series is like it, it's like more like almost like modern esque because there's cell phones and stuff and smartphones and all this stuff too helps as well. And like I said, there's a lot of comedy in there or like sexual things, but overall, like I said, I enjoy this show. Um, I mean, eight episodes. I mean, I wish to come in more, but based on what uh, Amazon, I guess based on what the demographics and stuff. 
Um, apparently, uh, they they got renewed for a second and third season. So it gives more time for more character development. And kind of like the last episode, kind of like a cliffhanger pretty much too. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that um, you got to see the ending, guys. But um, but it kind of opens up for more, more of the story. And then, like I said, Mark, you know, you know, he, like I said, it's just the whole conflict he's got with his dad. And at the same time, you know, being there for his friends. And like I said, his mom going through this terminal as well. Like their way their the home life is as well. By the way it looks at it and then of course, you know and something's going on in the world with the other characters as well. Like all behind the scenes stuff. And it's like I said, it's really good character development for the series. Uh I definitely guys definitely check it out when you guys have a chance. Um it's Invincible that's currently on Prime Video. Check it out, eight episodes. Check it out and see what you guys think. Um, for me, well, I'll rate the show out of five stars. Um, honestly, I'm trying to find any flaw in the show. I actually really enjoyed it. I have to give it five out of five. Oh, Jesus. And you know I never give a perfect rating. I never gave like a perfect, you know, review. Like a perfect rating on it. But I, honestly, I enjoyed it, man. Like... I see the development, the animation, and the whole overall, like I said, the, the big story arc of why his dad did it and stuff. But at the same time, it's like just the, the character development, the pacing was very great because it's all like development to this one big single event. Yeah. And that's why I kind of like it was a lot of build, a lot of development. Not like right away, oh, he's getting thrown in this big fight. But no, no, no. It's like this big conflict. It's like it, it, it builds. That's why like it slowly, slowly builds and gets to that breaking point where finally. It happens. And I like for the fact that, you know, like the cast, as diverse as this cast is, does a really good job. It was handled really well. And yeah, you get your minor villains in there every now and then. Um, I think the one that stood out the most was the, 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 they call themselves the, the Mahler Twins. Because it's funny because the Mahler Twins, like one of them has the, those have to make genetically clones and stuff that they use, like... I think they transfer the thoughts from their brain to the other clones so that way they don't know what they're doing sneaking or something. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, all about, oh, I'm the clone, you know? It's, like, trying to figure out who's who. I think that was, like, my favorite, like, villain as from the series because it's, like, I don't know if I'm the clone or he's the clone, but because he had a dream, you know, the genetic engineering and stuff, it was just getting really interesting. Mm-hmm. Then you have, like, other, you know... And, of course, in regards to the globe, like, the new ones... I wish I could have seen more of the main Guardians of the Globe. But I can see they're more like an homage to like the Marvel DC characters. Mm. So, what do you give this show overall, Biko? Uh, I'm going to give it like a 3.9 or 5. I think it's uh, so far when I watch, I think, I think it does have good replay value. Um, it had it had me wishing the second season was already out. Um, and it's been a while since I was able to really like an animated show. Um, I think it has it does have its weaknesses mm. in in certain things that I've seen. Um, that I think it's a weakness and it and it's also a strength in this particular case in the show. Um, is that like. Yeah, the plots aren't too overwhelmingly complicated. They do have some good punch points thrown in there. Um, and I do like that even for a short episode run, and, and given they're all about an hour episodes, considering that it does seem like it does go by fast, because it does... I think that's just because of the pacing of each episode, not necessarily um, because of the actual storylines that are taking place, but... I, I, I'm not giving it a five because I do see I, I like I mentioned the the its faults are also could be it's seen as strengths like it's um it's not so overwhelmingly complicated story arc but also it could maybe bring some more creativity I, I do like how the father is is basically that's Superman but it's like that flipping the script on him in the sense that like yeah but then this is Superman realizing that yeah he could just like destroy the whole planet um so I'm it's just kind of like it takes off I like I, I like how it takes away like that those like 
rose tinted colored glasses mm-hmm. from from what we're used to seeing in these like kind of fantasy shows. Um, though, but though, that's the reason why I can't give it a five either. Is that it doesn't. It is challenging certain things. I just wish it would challenge us more. Also knowing because like yeah, that gimmick's already there for the first season. Second season, yeah, it can it can kick up the gruesomeness some more. Um, but I think like. If that's gonna be what Kirkland is known for, then yeah, we're, this is from this point forward. This is what we're gonna be expected of him now, for him to be do, producing other projects. Is we're gonna get like this? I guess you could say this physical push for edginess in a show. So like, its edginess is good, but it's also its down point because it's like it's 2021. It is edgy for what it what it is a show on Amazon, an animated show at that, um, and it's superheroes. It's like it's like the boys if it was animated now. It's it's like it's two different things. Mm-hmm. It's like the same plot kind of, but it's just like it, I think the this the conflict between father and son is what really does make it stand out a little bit in a good way. Yeah. Because of that, like not only are these your father the the strongest fucking being basically on your planet, he's your father. Um, you're also developing your own powers. You also can't die, but then it's like you also want to live this normal life because you are in college. And you're, yeah, because you're, you're like Mark's trying to be half human, so it's like. Yeah, he likes that part of life. So it's just like him. It's it's the Hercules thing. It's mm-hmm. the Hercules thing, and Zeus doesn't want to be like good Zeus anymore. So it's just kind of like, oh fuck. Hercules has to fight. Anyway, I do like for a fact that, you know. I mean, spoiler, guys, but um, the way, like, finally when we find out why Nolan did what he did was because he came from what I do like for a fact that when he gives, like, the reason why was he come from, he came from, a, like, a planet that pretty much is something that's, like, almost like a dictatorship almost aspect, but at the same time, it's more like the stronger, the stronger survive, the weak will die, basically. He came from that society, and the mission was, you know, at first he gave him, like, this false story would be here to help other developing planets. And, of course, you find out that, it, that it's the complete 180 when you find out, spoiler, um, that he came from this planet, the Viltrumites, they're called. And they pretty much, our society were the weak, the strong take out the weak. And their whole purpose is pretty much to get everybody in line. And, and they, they conquer planets. And, of course, no one gets sent to Earth. And I think the reason was he first started, you know, the only way he tackled within his first game of trying to people to get him at their weakest point. And to me, it was like, okay, that was your plan. You waited this long, the birth of son and stuff. And then it kind of hurts because, you know, and his wife, because it's like, and his wife felt like she, she was just used. Mm-hmm. And the way no one tells Mark, like, I saw your mom as a pet. That was like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, Really? And like I said, because, like, it, it, it flipped the script. It flipped the script, the whole, like, you know, with Superman and stuff. And here it's, like, it's, like, a complete way. It's, like, you know, this is somebody, instead of helping the weak, he wants to kill the weak. Because he's humans and nothing but weaklings and stuff. Even though there's, you know, people with powers and stuff on the planet, he still sees them as weak. And like I said, I can see why you said with the pacing. I, like I said... I enjoyed it. I mean, you have music that some recognizable songs as well kind of fit in the scenes and stuff too. Kind of fit the scenes as well. I mean, like freaking Urza Miller being like a villain too as well. But you see, like, let's see J.K. Simmons being a villain. It was kind of weird to see him as a villain. And in this show, it's like, oh my God, because I'm used to seeing him as like, you know, like a supporting character. You're looking at like a protagonist pretty much. Mm-hmm. Let's see, like, 188. I, can, I can't imagine anybody else wishing Nolan as well, J.K. Simmons. I can't really picture anybody else, you know? No. And Stephen Hume, man. They did a good job as Mark Grayson. Really good job as phenomenal as the character as he is. I think the supporting cast, you know, really characters and stuff. And it's like, in the course, I like for a fact that it doesn't just focus on Mark a lot. It focuses on the other characters going through their conference, like Adam Eve. Like, she, you know... She goes through like her boyfriends up cheating on her, her voice is fellow hero. And how she's being controlled by her parents, like she had to get out of that environment, that toxic environment. Because her dad, even though she knows she has powers, 
her dad, her dad stopped telling her, no, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that, you know? And she got tired of it. She wants to help people for the sake of helping them and yeah. help the environment and stuff and to do things her way, you know? It was kind of cool. I like for a fact that shows her what she was going through. So it kind of gave, like, these other characters some time to reflect on their own, you know, limitations and conflicts. Even the robot, you know, we find out about his, like, his conflict and stuff. And I, that's why I do like about the show. It's, a, it's not just focused just on the main character, but you get these little stories as well. Like, a lot of characters with these characters that not everyone has, like, you know, conflicts with themselves at all. It shows superheroes at the weakest point. And that's what I do enjoy about the show. It shows heroes dealing with conflicts and find their ways to kind of overcome it. Slowly but surely. Not like, you know, right away, but slowly. Like it takes time. So, it's kind of like, you know, with Endgame and the Infinity War. It shows that not, or sometimes superheroes don't win all the time. You know, sometimes they have to lose in order to find ways to come back from it, to get up and try again, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, um, other than that, I'll be good with anything else you want to add, you know, before we move away from Invincible. Pretty what? Until we move away from Invincible. Uh, no, no, I think it's just a decent show that people should watch on Amazon if you don't, if you need something to kind of get you to get on Amazon, Prime's um, streaming platform, because it is pretty nice. Um, a lot of underrated stuff on there you should check out. I'd suggest checking out Invincible. I think it's pretty good. And this is one thing I just noticed today that getting a lot of track right now is the Golden Globes, apparently. Because mm. there was a thing about... Oh, let's see, i pull it up right now. Because I guess... Apparently it says here, NBC... So Tom Cruise, well, apparently uh, Golden Globes are facing, you know, controversy as well, apparently. It looks like, um, let me pull it up here. NBC not to air Golden Globes amid HFPA controversy. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I have no idea. Yeah, let me look at this. It's on CNN, guys. Let me see. Apparently, let's just hear. Let's see why. Okay, here we go. Apparently, the Hollywood, uh, what is it called? Okay. Going closely to propose major reforms at your Times investigation. It says the Hollywood Foreign Press Association of the LA Times is calling on the organization to make substantial changes, including that the board members resign if the group does not approve and implement proposed reforms. It says the regulations are based on a review done by the law firm Ropes and Gray to audit HFPA policies, membership requirements, and bylaws following a Times investigation that highlight the lack of black I'll look members. A lack of black members as well engages the ethical and financial lapses involving the organization. The firm was retained in March. The firm identifies to the group Monday during a Zoom meeting as the HFPA, the group behind the Golden Globe Awards, faced a self-imposed Thursday deadline to enact changes in response to internal pressure. Monday recommendations according to a four-page draft admit 20 members this year up from the current number 86 specific focus on recruiting black members and building an environment to allow for success. The goal is to increase the membership by 50% over the next 18 months. Um, yeah. As well as current members, all will be required to meet the same standards as incumbent for reaccreditation. The membership of Southern California requirement will be limited to expand its ability to any qualified journalist living in the U.S. who works for a foreign publication. This proposal also includes adding independent non HFPA members to serve on the board. Softball Mallory Times guys are reading from the article. Retaining professional management that could include a chief executive officer and chief financial officer. As well as diversity, equality, and inclusion strategies. Other proposed changes include strengthening term limits for officers and directors. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, since the Times Association earlier this year, because this is what happened, says the Times Association earlier this year found that the nonprofit HFPA regularly issues substantial payments to its own members, 
in ways that some experts say could run afoul into a revenue service skylines. Shepherders collected nearly 2 million payments from the group in this fiscal year and in June 2020 for serving on various committees and performing our tasks. HFPA has said its compensation is are in line with some non-profit goods vetted by independent experts. Okay. And apparently, NBC announced they're not going to pretty much show the uh, Golden Globes next year. And of course, this led to, I guess, Tom Cruise protesting by returning his Golden Globe Awards. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I guess the members were, instead of being supposed to be a non-profit, end up paying their members money. Well, yeah, they're not supposed to. They're not supposed to take money, yeah. That's not the. That's not so how nonprofit for, works. Yeah. You only pay for operational. Costs. You only pay for operational costs of the awards and uh, how to make the award stages and stuff. That's it. And I guess most of their members are not. You know, they're not as diverse as they are. That's why I guess the time they're calling for action. Wow. Yeah. So your Tom Cruise returns Gold Globes in protest. It says here, Tucker's return has gone by awards to Hollywood Foreign Press Association so close to the actor told Monday, CNN. Since Cruz won the Best Actor Globes for his performance in Jerry McGuire in 97, born on 4th of July in 1990, and is the Best Supporting Actor for Magnolia in 2000. They had no black members. Apparently, it says the organization behind the Globes for lacks lack of diversity, specifically no black members, and ethical questions related to financial benefits of some of its 87 members. This is what NBC said. And I quote, We continue to believe that HFP is committed to meaning reform. However, change of the semantics takes time to work, and we feel stronger that HFP needs the time to do it right. As such, NBC will not air the 2022 Golden Globes. And of course, it says here, no HFP will statement as well as budget to make changes. Regardless of the next area data, Golden Globes implementing transformational changes as quickly as thoughtfully as possible remains the top priority of our organization. Invite our partners in industry to table to work with us on a seismic reform, systematic reform that is long overdue, both for our organizations as well as within the industry at large. It says there, Scar Johansson issued a statement calling for the entertainment community to take a step back from pursuing events sponsored by HFBA. This is what she said. As an actor promoting a film, one is expected to participate in a war season by attending press conferences as well as a war show. In this past, this is often been facing sexist questions or remarks by certain HFPA members that border on sexual harassment. It is the exact reason why I, for many years, refused to participate in the conferences. The HFPA is an organization that was legitimized by the likes of Harvey Weinstein to amass momentum for academy recognition, and the industry follows suit. Unless there is a necessary fundamental reform within the organization, I believe it is this time that we take a step back from the HFPA and focus on the importance and strength of unity within our union's industry as a whole. Hmm. Interesting. What do you think of that? I don't know. I, I, considering that it's fucking this award show, I don't know. I don't exactly know why they're. I, I, I think I know why they're doing this, but also, I guess financially, it's in their best interest not to do shows anymore with COVID going on. But I mean, not. the way they make it sound, it's like. Okay. Yeah, I understand what the members. Yeah, I do kind of hate for the fact that it's not as diverse. Yeah. And the fact that they're supposed to be not, like you said, because they're supposed to be non profit while they're lying in their own pockets. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely um, strange, but. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it at the same time. <laughs> Like the the fact that they're just gonna be like, no, nah, we're good. We're not gonna we're not gonna go out now. Which hmm. I mean, it just sucks that like they all haven't been really practicing a lot of good diversity throughout the years. And it's funny that Tom Cruise has to be like a, the actor to boycott and return this awards because of all this stuff. But I I don't, I don't understand how that's gonna help them. In the long run, I think. Like, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, now... Not that the Golden... The Golden Goals were already competing with the other award shows for... I guess you could say viewership. Mm-hmm. And, and then the Academy Awards were already killing them as far as... Because Golden Goals is film. So, like... I mean, Golden Goals is, like, pretty much, like, overall. See, and, like... It's, like, television and everything. 
Well, there you go. They're already competing against two different things. That are like the Oscars are like, you know, the big thing, yeah. So it's just, it's very, it's already, they're already playing second fiddle. And, and, and is it if it helps them financially to not be on streaming anymore, then so be it. And it's just going to go back to those private shows that for actors, because that's what it's really for anyways. It's to stroke their egos. I don't know why the people that watch these things are so... I guess so attached to whether this could be, unless it's, it could be salvageable or not, and I don't. I mean, to me, I think it. the more, like the more, like the war shows, like the one that I think makes more sense to me is like the Oscars, because I think to me, because of the, so much history that the Oscars have, because it's like recognition by your peers, basically. Yeah. But I understand the Golden Globes, like I said, because trying to live up to being the second fellow to the Oscars, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm not. Knocking the Golden Globes, it's just I guess it's just the people, the people that run the organization that you know is behind it. I think that's what's going on here. It's just the way the organization is doing their financial practices and stuff. To me, that's kind of like you know unethical and pretty much you know. And like I said, as we're in this time where you know diversity is just, like even times ahead, like we need to be more di- like the organizations need to be more diverse, getting our voice in there. That's another thing too. I think that's what kind of like this Academy Awards. If you notice now the Academy Awards. It's getting much, much better now because now more actor, more directors and more actors are like, now it feels more diverse. Because now you get act like directors that you probably never heard of finally getting the recognition they deserve based on their works, you know. It's like, you know, we need to open our eyes more. Mm-hmm. There's different cultures, not just like one culture. We're like, this was the thing about the U.S. The U.S. is a mix of different cultures, not just one, you know, uniform culture. And this is what, like I said, it just needs time, time, time for a change, basically. And and you know, and like I said, with Tom Cruise returning the Golden Globes back, saying, you know, hey, you guys picked me three times, but it's like, and it probably hit on him, like, you know, the stuff that I got was, you know, from people that probably, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. What the line that pops apparently the guy each member got paid like two million. He was like, come on, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money. For them to just be, oh, well. And then that's the thing. That's like a lot of these things are within their within their old institutions that they think they can hide behind tradition this whole time. And tradition just means doing something the same way for over years ago, for years and years, and no one's really challenging it. And if this is a way for them to kind of beat it ahead of time before the Oscars continue to get it, because, I mean, it's... It, it, for, for that example, they, they've hit their lowest viewership numbers ever this past year. And, and and last, the year before that was already a record low for them. And they passed that as far as having the lowest viewership ever hmm. for the awards, for that Academy Awards. So, they're, they're I mean, they're just losing people. I think Hollywood's going to continue. I think, like, within this past year and a half, they've already taken... Hollywood's taking a big backseat as far as being on the zeitgeist uh, radar of, of for what people deem as being like throwing their ment- mental space towards. Because it's just not. Uh, like, more of these reward shows, maybe they're going to start uncovering the lack of diversity they have and, and sticking to the old way of doing things. And then maybe we'll see productions change or maybe we'll see different heads take leadership. But, I mean,. The Golden Globes to be paying off their people, their board members, and and to push off like they were nothing. Maybe they should, or push off like they weren't doing anything wrong. And just maybe they should do this. And who knows? Maybe they're not. They're not the only ones, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that the Grammys are taking little things like that too, like little. What do you call it? favors? 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 Like kickbacks or something? Yeah, like that. yeah, kickbacks. But I think with this being like that, who knows? Maybe those organizations who signed those other war shows and I had to open up their eyes and be like, yeah, we need to like pretty much reevaluate ourselves. Yeah. Like I say, bring like fresh, you know, young people, you know, fresh young faces. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is a time now where change needs to happen. You need a better, you know, more younger perspective on things. It's like pretty much the old generation needs to and they take a step back and let the new generation needs have a voice. 
And that's what I like, said, like, like going back to the show Invincible. This is, it's a superhero genre that kind of broke the whole... The, that show broke what what a typical superhero show should be. Kind of broke that mold, like what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. More, you know, conflict with the characters. More, you know... Yeah, it has been bloody, but it shows what happens when heroes fight. Like, the aftermath of destruction it's caused and stuff. It's like... Because you watch, like, a show like Batman... You know, MA series, yeah, they find themselves on this property. Also, like, everything's back to normal and stuff. Like, here it kind of shows what it's told. And they get me wrong. It, like, that's why I kind of like show, like, the boys kind of like, open up the giant. Like, sometimes these heroes have to take responsibility for their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, because it kind of hurts not just, yeah, they're doing, supposedly doing the right thing, but at the same time, it's like, they are human just as anybody else. They just, yeah, they're overpowered, but hey, they got to be, you know, how it's a certain standard as well. In which I definitely need to see season two of the boys because I had not seen season two and heard it was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, good too. Yeah. So Oh, today's episode's been like, I don't know, well a little serious today, guys, but it's like I said she's coming off of Mother's Day and of course it's May, um so we're in the middle of spring, I would have to say, kind of. Mm-hmm. And um, on that note, uh, video game wise, the quest for the PS5 again has eluded me. I mean, like, I can't get one. <laughs> and apparently, uh, I just read an article, even Sony is saying possibly they might not. A stock is like, going to be limited, even possible from going into next year, possibly 2023. And they're right. And because, yeah, like that supposedly we probably won't see a full stock of next gen systems, possibly either late 2022 or 2023 earliest. It's because of the shortage of compounding parts. And of course, not only that, because of the bots and stuff, that, that can't believe these websites can't find a way to beat these bots if they're buying these systems before the general public can get, to, get their hands on them. It's like I tried like a couple of weeks ago, I went, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a story. I might as well tell it. Yeah, so I follow this guy, Matt Swider, on Tech Radar. Great articles. I like for a fact that he's, they do their research on when they're restocked. They tell you when they're going to restock, what's the perfect time to go. Because he talks to people that work in the industry. And, you know, they had, Target was having this big one. But, of course, you know, I said, hey, be prepared at 6 a.m., you know, get your stuff ready set up. I had my stuff set up. I had my red card set up. I was ready to go. That's a lot of work, but I was ready to go. And I had it in my cart. And for some reason, it wouldn't let me, Target won't let me process the payment. No matter how many times I hit next, 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 it kept saying, because it showed me, oh, there's seven in stock. You know, there's eight in stock. And the one thing I do hate about it, and I wish you'd do better, if you already have it in your cart, which you get to confirm payment. And if your payment doesn't go, like, if your card is not good, then, you know, they should at least give you like a timer. I wish they would just give you a timer instead of make you rush through everything because unless you might push the wrong number or press the wrong address, I wish they'd give you a timer or say, hey, you have this many minutes until we, you know, until you lose your spot or something. Yeah. I wish they could do better with it. I mean, Best Buy did their best with their thing, but the best, like, I don't know. I was so upset that, you know, I couldn't get it. I mean, I had the red card kind of save five percent off of the PS5. It was like, I, I was I just wanted the system by itself. I like I didn't. I, there was not that many games that I wanted at launch. I was gonna save money and you know at least have an external hard drive. I could just carry those games over from my hard drive into the PS5 because it supports not only externals, but with the updates is supposed to uh, support internal like expansion as well. But you know, I had everything ready. I was prepared and it wouldn't let me go through. Kept saying there was a problem with your car, private cart. And trying to go back and fix it. Oh, it's out. It's sold out. I'm like, oh my god, dude. I was like so pissed. And it's like, I wish these retailers would have done better. They should have been more realistic and at least give you a timer saying you had this many minutes before we release it to somebody else. That's what you should have done. They do it for Ticketmaster. They give you a timer to buy the tickets. So then you try to buy Dozen tickets, they give you a certain timer where you have to get your order done, not to release the tickets to somebody else if you don't make it in time. This is what should have been done. Should have done that for Walmart. GameStop, the problem is you go to GameStop, I was like, you can't buy the system myself, you have to buy it with a bundle, which to me, come on. 
I'd rather just buy the system by itself. But no, you have to get this and this and this. I'm like, come on, dude. I understand I want to upsell and just to make more money. I understand. And it's like, it's really hard. And then to me, it's like, where do people have the money to get these next generation system? But of course, you lose checks. But I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm still happy with my PS4. I mean, there's a lot of good games still coming out for the system. Mm-hmm. And like I said, but it would be nice to get a little jump on the next generation of gaming, you know, just getting the next generation to prepare, you know? But like I said, based on the latest article I read, like I saw on comicbook.com and also IGN, and even Sony said that possibly they're not going to see an increase in stock, so probably 2023. And I think they're already looking at possibly making on a probably like a newer version of the PS5 anyways. They're already looking ahead. Either something that's like more streamlined, more smaller, maybe more compact, like they had the PS4 Slim and stuff, probably something or the PS4 Pro or something similar to that. So, I mean, Nintendo right now, so it might be doing a better version of the Switch as well. That's supposed to be coming soon, too. Yeah. Like a third generation Switch. Because remember, I had the first generation. Of course, every second generation had better battery. And of course, you had the Switch Lite for people that just want the portability of it. And they already had talks about possibly doing like a third generation version of the Switch. So it's like, they're always looking ahead. Well, it's like, because you can see, it's because, yeah, it's the pandemic. I mean, like I said, we're barely recovered, barely going back to work. But at the same time, it's like, it just sucks. For, I feel bad for the people that couldn't get a system like I did that morning. Mm-hmm. It, it stinked. It, like, it sucked. I just wish these stores, these retailers did a better job of managing these bots. And, you know, you're already having your cart. Put a timer. That's all I'm asking. Put a timer that gives us time to make sure we put our information correct. If you all go do a pickup... That you have time to sign somebody, at least have your friend or coworker or so, your friend or your brother or relative, you know, do you the favor to go pick it up. Just give them the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like give me a timer or something, you know? If you don't order a time, hey, you lose your spot. You know, you lose spot your line or you lose your chance of getting it, you know? But like I said, three toes need to do better. <laughs> That's all I can say. And like I said, I'm not blaming Sony. I'm not blaming Microsoft. They're doing the best they can to try to get the component parts. But at the same time, people keep forgetting a lot of these parts are exported from other countries who probably have worse cases of coronavirus and probably have to go through heavy health restrictions to make demand. Exactly. That's one thing we keep forgetting. So I, I totally understand. It kind of sucked. I probably chances are I probably won't get a PS5 this year. I probably have to wait till next year or possibly the year after that due to like the component shortage. A lot of these companies, folk, like they they get they get contracts with these small companies. To make to get the parts they need to make the systems, so it kind of like opened my eyes. And like, you know, it's not really you know their faults. They're trying. They're, there's a lot of demand and not a supply. If you guys took like economics, I do. It's like if you have so much supply, there's very little demand. So it's like you already have enough. It's like okay. I mean, you know, they always have it. I, I take my time. But if say your supply is so limited, you get an increased demand. In case in point, you have a lot of anticipation, it kind of equals to profits. But all of a sudden, it's like, at the same time, you're still going to face that backlash from your loyal fans who've been through you since the first PlayStation. Because you've kind of, like, let them down because it's like, those are the people that, you know, probably my generation, me and Vico's generation, I grew up on the PS1. That, you know, had an opportunity to get the system. And no, like, I understand but at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to go and buy from a reseller because you never know. And they always said a line, don't trust resellers, don't try scalpers. Because I already read stories about a guy in Utah who bought a PS, supposedly bought a PS5 from eBay, got the box, and inside was a cinder block. Luckily, eBay has that whole, like, protection thing, which I, I wish they had it back then. But now eBay apparently has buyer protection where they'll return the money back. You find out you've been cheated. But, yeah, so it's like, it's interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you, it's like, yeah, it's like, to me, it's like, it's like a kick in the face, basically. It's like, you save up your money, next year system, and it's like, to be honest with you guys, it's like, I think the Xbox 360, I think I had the Elite one, the recent Elite one, was like, then it came like the first system I ever bought, my own, because you know my folks, you know they got into systems in the past, and PS4 became the second biggest system 
I got my own PS4. I got the second big system I bought my own. And, you know, I was looking forward to being the PS5. It's the first time, you know... Because I didn't buy the PS4 the first, when it first came out. I think I got it, like, the second or third generation PS4. I think in 2015. So I waited. Because I was in that a whole thing where... I don't know if you guys remember. South Park even did an episode of it. was the whole thing between Xbox One and PS4. And to me, you know... Going from a Nintendo guy to a Sega guy, back to a Nintendo guy, then back to the Sega guy. I kept jumping ship both ways. Then to a Sony guy, then went through Microsoft. Then all of a sudden, you know, I was completely, of course, what kind of opened my eyes was the PS4. Because the fact, now we have, I mean, don't get me wrong, they both have Blu-ray, but what more was the more diverse games they had for the PS4. And the fact that they didn't have region restrictions on games, because that means you could buy... Pretty much a game from anywhere, it's region-free, you can play on your PS4. I think it would kind of drew me to it. And I'm happy with my PS4. It's, let's see, I bought it in 2015. It's 2021, yeah. Six years. With the PS4, it's still running strong. And when I store a hard drive on it, it runs like a dream, you know. As long as you take care of your system, it will take care of you. And I use it right now for Twitch and stuff, too. So it's like... So like I said, that's why, you know, I wanted to get a PS5, just to jump on and be on the same generation of people, see what the hype is, you know, it's something up to the hype. I mean, but the same time, like I said, then the pandemic hit, that's like, like I said, that was like the worst time to me. Honestly, it's something that I understand the whole, both of them were in a rush to release in our system, but honestly, they should have waited but like I said, we couldn't have predicted the, the pandemic anyways as well. But they should have just waited, you know, before they released the next generation system. They could have waited until, you know, people were able to work again. So until you had enough supplies and stuff. That's so I think, like I said, this is what's hurting both systems right now is the whole port shortage right now with the component parts you need for the systems. Um, like I said, everyone, you guys just got to be like myself. You got to be patient. It's got to be patient, and hopefully by the next two years, we'll probably have an ample supply, and by then, there should be so many games for both systems. And hopefully, we'll be able to join the rest of the lucky people that were able to get their hands on them. So, in speaking of, you know, I think I mentioned we do it here earlier, uh, speaking of anime, I do have a recommendation this week. Um... And, of course, I'm pulling up my anime list. And this is, like, one of the things. Uh, you can follow me on my anime list. My username is A-L-F-O-B-A-R-R-685. And one of the shows I'm currently watching this season. It's one of the most lighthearted shows ever. And the show is called Dragon Lewoka. Which is English for... Which is Japanese for Dragon Goes House Hunting. Um, it's done by... And so um, it's currently it's supposed to run for twelve episodes. Right now it's currently airing. Um, it's licensed by Funimation, so it's by Signal MD. The sources of manga in the genre is comedy, fantasy, and shonen. And pretty much the whole synopsis of this is from my anime list. Right now, currently is at a five point seven eight score. Right now, right now it's ranked at number nine thousand forty five. Right now on my anime list, popularity is about three thousand one hundred twenty three. And so far, right now the score is at 5.78. Um, right now I've seen only five episodes of it. Um, there's probably six episodes now as of this recording. But the whole stops is in an RPG-style fantasy world. A red dragon named Letty is disowned by his parents after failing to guard her eggs. Now he has to find a place of his own, but unlike other dragons, Letty is a meek, cowardly, and has overall low stats. Regardless, the offenses the young dragon makes for an easy target for those who always see him as a beast to be feared, vanquished, and even devoured. So it's kind of like a video game-esque type of story. Um, and so, sometimes such for someone to call home, he counters the elf, Daria, who saves him from a band of heroes. Both an architect and a real estate agent, Daria offers to help Letty find a perfect abode that suits his needs. This thus ensues Letty's house-hunting quest, as well as all the fantastical creatures and formidable enemies he meets along the way. And I do actually kind of enjoy it because it's kind of like, it says in a, almost like an RPG-esque world, like stats and stuff. But it's like a dragon who dragons and RPGs and video games are supposed to be like these fierce creatures. He's a coward. He's meek. He's not, he's different, which I do like. 
he's trying to find a place to go home. It's like an elf can be a real estate agent and a big wizard mage. It's like kind of cool because it kind of shows the whole how to find a home and stuff. And you get to run across these magical creatures. And know things about apartments or like communal living and a mansion. It's like you get to see all these different homesteads. And he's like a real the wizard, the elf wizard is like a real estate agent. So he has like a he works for a realty group. It kind of shows like the whole house hunting type of thing. It's all about like the big thing, looking for a new home, location, location, location. So if you like the environment, like the people around you, it's like it takes that aspect. He's trying to find this dragon, trying to help this dragon find him a home. So it's real interesting how this show is. And like I said, definitely check it out. It's currently airing on Funimation. I don't know if it's airing on Hulu possibly, because I think all Funimation Hulu have a little agreement where you show like the first one of you shows. So definitely check it out. Okay, guys, I think that's going to be do it for this week. Um, um, I know it's interesting week, like I said, new shows and stuff. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's uh, Star Wars uh, Star Wars uh, May the 4th as well. Um, I know they just released The Bad Batch last week as well. Um, it's by the creators of Clone Wars. Um, I think they had a two, like a long episode premiere of it. I definitely need to check that out myself. It's called The Bad Batch. Um Hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with the uh, Empire Strikes Back commentary. Um, I also want to welcome my new listeners from Japan. Thank you so much for taking your opportunity. Arigato gozaimasu for listening to our podcast as well. Um, like I said, if you guys have any suggestions of any of topics you want me and Biko to cover, if you want to know more of our taste in like pop culture, like you know favorite books or favorite movies again or favorite shows. Don't forget, you can um, tweet us at Pop Talkin on Twitter. You can also follow us as well. Um, check out the backlog of episodes on Anchor, Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and also on Audible. And you can follow, you can buy a merch store. Um, we got a merch store at spring.com slash store slash talkinpop. You get t-shirts, hoodies right now. Of course, there's a little code outside. So it'll be nice. It's like pretty much hoodie weather. So we got hoodie weather logo on there as well. I need to come up with new designs for franchise shirts and Pico shirts, which will be up on the store soon. We also have face masks because we're still in the pandemic. And so thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you guys again next week. Um, as always, geek on and take care.